Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis. Today, we're going to be talking about patellofemoral dysfunction, and this is a topic that I've done many lectures about in the past, and I've seen many patients with this problem, and what I want to do with you today is really try to break this down for you so that we can give you some pointers, some pointers that are going to make it easy for you to almost diagnose the patient just by asking the right questions, all right? So... Today, we're going to be looking at five of the most common findings when treating patellofemoral dysfunction. Now, one of the things that was difficult for me to do today was try to figure out what am I going to talk about? What is going to mean? What is my topic going to be? And as always, just when I'm ready to give a course, give a lecture, maybe a little one-hour CME, do a little hands-on something... I come across content. I come across patients with a bunch of diagnoses related around the same thing, and then I make my decision. So this is what happened this week. I saw a patient with arthritis, patellofemoral dysfunction, an ACL tear, a lateral meniscus tear, and I thought to myself, well, what a better time than now to be talking about the knee. So we're going to be starting a whole series on the knee, and that is going to occur over the next month to two months. We're going to have this on uh, our bi-weekly podcast, and today we're going to start talking about patellofemoral dysfunction. Now, I know some of you are thinking patellofemoral dysfunction can be quite difficult to try to talk about and show, and it's very, very difficult to treat. And I find that patellofemoral dysfunction is probably one of the most difficult knee problems out there. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to really break this down for you. We're going to talk about the five most common findings talk to you about what questions to ask, and then we'll talk a little bit about how you manage these. Now, in future episodes, we'll be talking about other knee problems, and some of these uh, questions that you ask are going to overlap. So what you should do is, at the end of this podcast, you should go over to our website at www.orthoevalpal.com and download our patellofemoral dysfunction PDF. It's going to be a little cheat sheet that you can keep in your office to look at, to take a peek, see if those common findings are similar to what your patient has, and that'll help to get you to a diagnosis and then to a treatment plan. So first thing we're going to talk about is who most commonly gets these. Now, number one, it's um, going to be your teenage females. Now, it's not always teenage females, but most commonly. And what happens is as the pelvis starts to widen, the knees start to buckle inward a little bit, you increase this this angle, which we call the Q angle. And we're going to show demonstrations in webinars on what the Q angle is, how you find it, and how it can give you a lot of information about how a person's knee function functions. So teenage females, number one. The next thing you want to ask is, did you have a slow onset or was there some sort of a mechanism of injury? Usually, people with patellofemoral dysfunction don't have a specific mechanism of injury. This just kind of comes on over time. Next question I always ask is, do you have pain with stairs, kneeling, or squatting? And many of these folks who have patellofemoral dysfunction, otherwise known as patellofemoral chondromalacia, or sometimes anterior knee pain, 
will say they have pain with kneeling, squatting, and stairs. And I commonly ask that question. Number four, if you ask the patient to point to where the problem is, they most commonly will point to the superior and lateral aspect of the knee. Although you can have pain anywhere around the knee with patellofemoral dysfunction. But more often than not, it's superior and lateral. And number five, people will complain of pain, not necessarily during activity. And they might even say, you know what, it feels a little bit better as I start moving it. But then they have a significant amount of pain afterwards. It is also quite common for patients with patellofemoral dysfunction to not have any swelling in the knee. Other people with intraarticular problems will develop an effusion and the knee will be warm. There might be some synovitis there. But these folks typically do not produce a warmth or even any swelling in the knee. And one of the last things that I look at is I always look at foot posture because it's very common to have a pronated or flat foot in people with patellofemoral dysfunction because that increases that Q angle that we talked about uh, in the earlier part of this podcast. So some of the things that you're going to want to test are something called a Clark's sign, an Ober test to see if there's any tightness of the IT band. You're going to be looking at functional squat and even doing a brush test. Now these are all tests that you can find at our website where I will have videos and pictures with explanations on how to perform the special tests and what they mean. So what do you do with people with patellofemoral dysfunction? Well, most often times they don't need surgery. Very, very few people with patellofemoral dysfunction require surgery. So the first thing that I would recommend is to start them in a course of physical therapy to help optimize their strength, to do a gait evaluation, look at deficiencies that they may have like hip weakness, core weakness, which is puts a person at high risk of patellofemoral dysfunction, and look at maybe uh, sport modification and uh, workout modification. I always like to put a strong emphasis on protecting the patellofemoral joint by avoiding deep squatting and heart accelerations and decelerations with sport activities. And I like to put these folks into orthotics. They don't need to necessarily be custom orthotics, but even a temporary orthotic is fine. Something that will help support the arch and stabilize the heel. Now you're also probably wondering if diagnostic imaging is necessary with people with patellofemoral dysfunction. And I don't generally encourage that at first. I might consider having diagnostic imaging such as x-rays or MRIs only if somebody has had patellofemoral dysfunction for a long time and has gone through an aggressive course of therapy with the use of braces, orthotics, full flexibility program, and multidirectional hip strengthening. So if I have to leave you with one thing today about patellofemoral dysfunction, it's don't get discouraged. Be patient when treating patellofemoral dysfunction and make sure that you educate your patients on the importance of being patient. Please feel free to go to our website at www.orthoevalpal.com and ask any question you may have about patellofemoral dysfunction. And you'll see as you get to our website, we are going to have all kinds of information about different knee disorders that you can ask questions on, you'll do some learning on. My name is Paul Marquis and thanks for listening to the Orthoevalpal podcast. Have a great day. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.